Get ready to ignite your real estate business with the Launcher Farm Podcast. Our episodes are packed with inspiration, success stories, and expert strategies that will help you dominate your geographic farm. So tune in and enjoy. You've identified that this is the area that I want to work. These are the kinds of people, these are the kinds of houses that I like working with. I'm starting to become a little bit more well-known. The first step is to exclusively focus on that. Say goodbye to business that doesn't fit into that strategy because it's like trying to like search for gold gold with a plastic spoon in 15 different areas, yeah. thinking you're going to get 15 times as much gold. You're going to get nothing. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Oliver Bohr. He's a real estate marketing coach and the founder of Sphere Social Media. So Oliver, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, well, like you mentioned, I mean, real estate marketing coach, uh, very much stick within that wheelhouse. I think it's such a misunderstood industry, marketing in general. I think just on the one hand, like sales and marketing are oftentimes conflated. Um, and I think that's an absolute travesty. And there's all of these <laughs> words kind of floating around like funnel. I think very few people actually know what a funnel is. Um, they think a funnel has to go through a landing page, which usually it does, but like not always. So I think that with what I do, um, I think there's so much room to go, so many places to take that. And and really, your business is a non-starter without proper marketing. Even if you've got the greatest sales team in the world, it all kind of starts with marketing. Um, and the reason I, I do marketing for real estate is I just... What I love about real estate agents is every single agent has their own unique brand. Yep. And so every single time we're starting, we're basically starting from scratch using the frameworks and knowledge that we already have. But how do we implement this for you? Because obviously every individual is different. Um, and just like, I guess there's no rule book for being popular in high school, for example, you just <laughs> got to go out and be the best version of yourself. And then hopefully it'll work out. That's kind of how I perceive marketing as well. It's yeah, figure exactly. out where you fit and then be the be the person in that, in that I guess, demographic and that niche. Um, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, also founder of Sphere Social Media, which is, in my mind, just the sexiest social media platform out there. Um, <laughs> we work exclusively with real estate agents, brokers, and coaches. So just in real estate, um, and the whole idea behind that is to allow agents uh, and, like I said, coaches and brokers to post a week's a week's worth of content in 10 minutes or less. So I think we've really kind of addressed the need there. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack and I want to dive into. And starting with kind of I always start with like where where you came from, how you got into it, and and why real estate specifically. Yeah, well, like I mentioned, with real estate specifically, I love the fact that each agent offers their own uniqueness and individuality. And the other thing is, each agent, like agents in general, need a lot of help because there's not really much support going in. And even when agents are learning how to become real estate agents they learn everything about real estate, but very little about real estate marketing and Honestly. running a real estate business. Yeah. And I just thought, even though it's very saturated, there's just so much opportunity out there to really make a difference. Um, obviously to monetize it as well in the back end, but I think the starting point has to be, can I really make a difference? And I think that there's a very receptive crowd, like realtors in general are very open to hearing good information. So as long as I can kind of just come to the forefront with amazing information and make people people's lives better, there will always be an audience for it. There will always be people ready to take action. And that's what I really love. There's a great opportunity to make some real change in, 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 in people's lives. Um, why marketing in general? I love, I've, I've always kind of loved the idea of taking something that's always existed and just figuring out ways of making it better. Like, I guess any time that there's any position that I can be in where there's no rule book to follow and it's just, this is the idea behind it. Now let's see what you can do. For me, that's where I'm the most comfortable. And marketing is basically the same thing where there are frameworks. But like I said, the frameworks, at least my framework that I follow is set up your brand, automate your processes and systems, and then scale your business through prospecting. But that, like with 100 agents, that might be that might be uh, implemented in 100 different ways. So that's really why I love marketing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think it, it is that uniqueness that makes our industry so unique. And I've, I've shared this many times in that with our industry, we get a lot of people who come from all different walks of life and come in at different times in their life with different skill sets in their life versus a lot of industries or trades or, or different professions. You kind of have a pathway you, you start in. If you go to be a lawyer, you, you go to school to be a lawyer, you follow the process, you become a lawyer. If you're going to be a teacher, you kind of, a lot, most teachers will tend to follow the same kind of path. And a lot of times you also have similar personality types and similar traits. And then you kind of have 
similar trajectories for a lot of people with real estate. You have people who are 18, you have people who are 80, you have people who right. have are retiring from other, another job. You have people who are doing this solely as a full-time job. You have some people doing this kind of making some money on the side and we have people with all different skill sets and all different personality types and all different things. And there isn't a lot of great resources, like you said, to help agents with marketing. And like you said, we, we, as an agent myself, we basically get taught not to get sued. And like, and then they're like, okay, yeah. here you go. So if you don't get lucky enough to work on a team or, or join a brokerage that helps you with that, you're kind of on your own. And there is a lot of growth opportunities, but on my experience, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, is that a lot of agents aren't willing to do that or take that leap of faith to go from, hey, I don't really know much to, hey, I'm going to really double down and learn it all. So they tend to rely on either seeing what other people have done or trying to copy what other people have done or just yeah. not doing marketing at all. Yeah. And, and I, this is kind of one of the reasons that I like the analogy that I gave is I, I think very common analogies that I like to give is, is dating number yeah. one. And number two is like high school, like trying to gain popularity in high school, because yeah. you can have sort of ideas that work. Like, let's say with dating, for example, a great pickup line is not going to make you a stud. Like it just doesn't work <laughs> like that. Like a great yeah. pickup line, when you find a right pickup line, with the right look and in the right style and you're attracting the right kind of girl, like that's really what does it. And that's why I, I, that's why I kind of like to relate them. And, and, and like you mentioned also, you can have 18 year olds and like 70, 80 year olds. And that's, what's really beautiful about this. And when there is a one size fits all approach, which we see all too often, the problem is that the 80 or 18 year old is prospecting the same way that the 80 year old is prospecting and they're prospecting to the same, just, like, who's your avatar? Anybody looking to buy or sell a home? Like, yeah, guys, come on. Like, so imagine you go out and like, well, what's the kind of girl you're trying to attract? It's like, honestly, anybody who's willing to give me a second <laughs> look, like, you know, how desperate yeah. that makes. Yeah. So that's kind of how I like to approach marketing. Also, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're willing to have an open mind, even in the dating world. If somebody walks over to you, you might say like, yeah, listen, you might not, you're, you're not usually the type of person that I would be interested in. However, let's see where this goes. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But you got to have some clue going out there who you're actually trying to attract. And if you don't have that, you're, yeah. I guess, just a desperate loose cannon. Yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned the avatar. And I think that's an important part because, again, a lot of, I find, a lot of agents don't even understand the concept of that or don't want to pigeonhole themselves. And this is why I teach geographic farming to help people narrow their focus and be more, more, put more attention on. So can you kind of walk through if our viewers aren't sure what an avatar is or how to really find an avatar and what that would mean for them and their business? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also, also going to take it a step farther. Once I do this is I want to talk about what it actually looks like practically, because yeah. people always talk about, again, creating an avatar. And even if I conceptually know creating an avatar means, or let's say working with a specific niche, because again, they have similarities, those two things. Yep. It's like, okay, so I work with first time home buyers, but what do I do with that information? So I want to break down what an avatar is. I also want to talk about why it's not, why choosing an avatar is not to the exclusion of every single thing in the world, yep. except for that avatar, yep. and then how it actually manifests properly. So let's say I want to work with, let's say I'm creating an avatar. My avatar is, I don't know, John Doe. So John Doe is a 42-year-old guy. He's married. He's got two kids. He's got, I don't know, he's an accountant. He makes $73,000 a year, let's just say, and he's got this and that. These are the movies he watches. This is the types of these are the books he reads. This is what's important to him. When I'm taking all of that information, that's not to say that I don't want to work with somebody unless they're 42 year old called exactly. John Doe. That's yeah. to say, okay, so let's look at this whole picture of John Doe and create, for example, a marketing strategy trying to attract people like John Doe because there's a million John Does out there. Yeah. So I know, for example, that John Doe reads a lot of self development books, right? Personal and professional development books. So when I'm creating my content, I'm obviously going to sprinkle some professional and personal development into my content because yeah. John Doe is the type of person that I'm trying to attract. Yep. It's not just about messaging first-time homebuyer marketing for first-time homebuyers because I work with first-time homebuyers. That's a part of it. Yeah. But it's about doing that in a way that attracts the actual avatar. Yep. Now that you know what's important to that person, right? And again, like let's say that John Doe watches Marvel movies. That may not come into my marketing in any way, shape, <laughs> yeah. or form. It may, it may not. The point is when you get a big picture, you know what's important to that person, yeah. right? So again, looking at dating, what's the kind of girl that you're trying to attract? I may say something like five, seven, blonde. That doesn't mean I'm not going to look at anybody unless they're a blonde, like I'm, 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 I'm closed off to brunettes. Yeah. But that means that this is just the general aura. And then after you've yeah. got that, you can then break it down and say, these are my non-negotiables. This is, and marketing is kind of the same thing. Now, breaking it down a little bit farther, now that we understand the type of person in the psychodynamics, demographic, uh, and all of that, we can now niche down as well. 
So John Doe is a first-time home buyer or John Doe is looking to purchase his first investment property. Let's yeah. do that one because that's a little bit more unique. So John Doe looking to purchase his first investment property. I know that John Doe is always looking to grow because he reads a lot of these self-development books. I also know that he doesn't own an investment property. So for me to start going super in-depth about the different investment strategies, that's not speaking John Doe's language. Yeah, exactly. So I want to walk a line, right? I want to toe this line between teaching information that's going to be making his life better. So it's not just superficial information. There's maybe a little bit of depth to it, but it's not so deep right. that I'm alienating him because that's the kind of person that I, that I really want to attract. So I may say something like three misconceptions about investing in real estate, yeah. right? Kind of high level, just beyond the surface sort of content that attracts the right person. The messaging is right the niche is correct. And that's what it would actually look like. And this permeates through everything, whether you're not running webinars, um, regular social media, YouTube, it's all about how do I attract John Doe, who's his first time investor. Um, and then I guess just one final piece, one of my clients right now, he's doing an exceptional job of this. Um, and he actually said this line, so I don't want to take credit for this. So Sandy, if you're listening to this, don't worry, <laughs> I give you credit here. But he said, I want to um, attract people who aren't invest, who aren't quote unquote investors to become investors. Yeah. So I think that the the insight that he had about his his avatar is that most people who invest in real estate, they see themselves as an investor. That's their identity. Yep. He wants to attract people who aren't necessarily quote unquote investors as their identity and say, hey, you can still invest without being a quote unquote investor. Right. And that is in his marketing as well. And I think that when you have this kind of clarity, it just opens all kinds of doors and allows your messaging and marketing to just power through everyone else's. Yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of people, when they are thinking about avatars, they're afraid of pushing away people or not attracting people, like you said, outside of that net. And you can, and it just, I always say, if like on a campaign by campaign basis, you can change things up. For example, if you're working with senior citizens, what a senior citizen is going to respond to is not going to be the same thing as an 18 year old is going to respond to. You can run two different campaigns and, and just connect people in different ways. You have to know who is most likely to respond. And then, like you said, add the value that is going to resonate with them at the right time. And that's the key. You don't want to go super in depth. You want to be the right message at the right time. And uh, if you do that correctly, then you're going to get warmer leads and people who are further along in the process of where you want them to be and, and connecting with the right, right audience. Yeah. And even if you're not getting them in a far along on a process, like let's say you get them right at the beginning of the process, you know how to talk to them the whole way along yep. the process. So you've set up a campaign, let's say for John Doe, that's automated. Yep. And and you, let's say attract, let's say they're going to buy a house at month 15. You've attracted them at month one. By the time they're at month seven, you know that they know a little bit more than they did at month one. So you keep yep. them moving along that pipeline. And so yep. it's not just about being able to attract leads in the first place, although that's a big part of it, but it's about being able to nurture them, being exactly. able to communicate with them afterwards. It's just, it, I mean, it, for me, I don't want to be like so intense, but I think it's foolish not to look at this. I think it's it's understandable when people don't know where to start. They don't understand the concept of an avatar and how it fits in. I'll cut people some slack for that. But if you get what it is and how it works, I can't understand why people aren't focusing so much of their time and energy and effort into this. And it will allow you to convert at a much higher level too, because you create value that is the right value for them. And I, I and I've coached and trained lots of agents. And when I speak with agents at first, they tend to, if they don't understand it, they will send a broad general message, like a, a shotgun approach where they try to shoot out there to everyone. And with, out really narrowing it down, like they're missing out on so much because it's not going to resonate with people. They're not going to connect. And my definition of is, or sorry, one of my things I believe in is that one of the best ways to convert leads is to provide value. And I'm always adding value. And when you know what the right type of value to add to the right person at the right time, that will drastically increase your conversions. So when you understand that and you learn to go, okay, hey, at this stage in the process or this person's interest, this is what's going to be valuable to them. Like you mentioned as an investor, what an, a, a, someone who's looking to invest for the first time, the value they want is very different than someone who's buying their first home or someone yep. who's leasing a property or someone who's selling their grandma's home because she's passed away. So it's understanding that, but then, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, is that a lot of agents are worried about the amount of work it's going to take to create those pieces and, and the, the marketing. And then they just go, well, I'll just do a broad general thing. And then hopefully someone will respond. Yeah. It, it, the problem is you waste more time and energy trying to force feed stuff down people's throat that they don't find valuable. And then you're not going to convert. 
Yeah, but I, at the same note, at the same note, I do think that's a great question that that does need to be answered for people because I think unless it's actually accessible for people, they are just not going to do it, and that's yeah. that's human nature, and this is what happens all the time. I mean, how how often do we procrastinate on something that we know conceptually needs to get done, especially something as as abstract as understanding who your avatar is? Like, yeah, I guess when. For example, let's say if you need to have a hard conversation with your spouse, like there's nothing abstract about that. Like, you know, it needs to happen, but you're yep. pushing it off and you push it off, even though it's not abstract. When it comes to an avatar, until you until it really comes in, in, and shows its form, it's hard to understand its power. Yep. And so unless we find a way to make it more accessible, it's just never going to get done. Because why would someone, quote unquote, waste all of their time trying to figure out who their avatar is? when they could just go and start calling people. And and I yeah. and that's a good argument. That is a good argument. Yeah. So just to clarify, I wouldn't say that all of your effort and energy, like I wouldn't say don't prospect until you have this. Like yes, you know, 100%, 100%. Example, yeah. right? But I think that if you know, like give your person a name so that it's not, I'm trying to attract people from 40 to 45 year old, like again, 42 year old John Doe. So if you give them a name like that and then it becomes a person, and then even think about someone who's like John Doe that you've enjoyed working with and ask yourselves, what do they do in their free time, right? What books do they read? What movies do they watch? What, um, what are the objections that you're going to face? Let's say you didn't know John Doe because you don't know John Doe because John Doe is everyone, yeah. right? Let's say if you don't know John Doe, what objections are you going to face when let's say he wants to work with a realtor, he's on a fence, but he's going to give you a little bit of grief because that's what people do. <laughs> Kind of the last line of defense, what, are the, what is he going to say? What are his pain points? So in the case of a first-time investor, if John Doe's pain points are, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my kid's college. I mean, there's your content right there. Like here's three ways that you can, you can pay for your kid's college entirely by putting away as little as $45 per month and then go through that. Like yeah. if John Doe, who's literally staying up at night wondering how he's going to pay for his kid's college because his kids are already 14 years old and he's only a few years away, and he sees a video like that, like you better believe he's watching it. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, the important thing is in which I know you're a big believer in is when you do it correctly, it helps elevate your brand overall. So it's not just the message itself. And it's not just a, that person responding to that ad or that marketing. It creates more authority and it creates a, a higher brand for you, which allows you to stand out and then further build credibility and trust. So I want to dive into that element of taking it past that into encompassing it into an overall brand and, and building that authority. Yeah. So I think when, when usually when people talk about the value of focusing your efforts and then I guess that, that identity becoming your brand identity, oftentimes they'll give an example of like, let's say Ferrari, for example, if Ferrari started making like, I don't know, SUVs that were like perfect for family, that would be confusing. I think where that example falls short is that people think that the reason that that example works is because Ferrari is a luxury brand. Like you're never going to see like, I don't know, Armani making like woolen socks or something like that, yeah, unless yeah. Um, somehow that became a fashion trend. <laughs> yeah. I don't follow fashion so much, so maybe it already is, but that's yeah. kind of the idea. But I think to take it a step farther and realize that there's no company in the world that doesn't have a thing. So let's even say the most vague general company in the world. And the first thing I think of is Walmart. Walmart sells basically everything to everybody. But they have a thing yeah. is that you can get anything there and you're not going to be paying a ton of money for it. That's kind of their thing. Yep. And then Target's the same idea, just a little bit better. And then like different, obviously different types of products. Costco, the quality of Costco products, it's not the cheapest out there, but it is the most the most accurately, I guess, valued products can be found at Costco. So mm. I know I'm paying $25 for this, I don't know, bowl, set of bowls. It's worth $25. It's a good set of bowls. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that you really break it down and you realize that each place, even when you don't realize that they do, they all have their thing. And whether that thing is the one-stop shop, the cheapest place, the best quality, yeah. the most luxury, the cheapest, again, the dollar store, right? Those are just the cheapest. You get anything you need. It's not the best quality, but hey, we've got it quickly. Yep. They each have their thing. And so it's not just about looking at the top well-known brands that exactly. it's very easy to identify what their thing is. Yep. But if Walmart started selling Armani onesies, for example, <laughs> for like 47-year-old men, that's like a super niche product. Like 
Walmart's not going to sell it. And if you saw it, you'd be confused. Yep. Right? And Costco's not going to sell like things for like a dollar that, I don't know, like dollar store quality items. It's less money, but it's lower quality. Like they don't mess with that stuff. They have yep. their niche. And I don't think it's possible really to become a scale. I think you're always going to plateau as long as you don't have that identity, you're always going to just be capped to yep. people that you individually speak to. Yep. And you're never really going to be able to attract people that are outside of your immediate circle. Yeah, I agree. And that's, it's that fear of missing out. And a lot of agents are afraid of niching down and really building a brand around that, that they become the, the master of none and then never really grow outside of that. And if you're, in my experience, in my opinion, is if you're chasing leads everywhere and anywhere without really having purpose behind it, you are going to be stuck. And like you said, you're going to be capped at how much you can make. And I've proven like with, with farming, which is why I teach what I teach, you can do more deals with way less people when you do farming correctly than someone trying to do all things to all people all over. And because they're afraid of that, I might miss out on that one deal. And it's like, yeah, but for every deal you miss out on over here, there's two or three more deals here that you yeah. would have gotten. And if you are willing to do that, and it, it is a leap of faith for a lot of people because they're they are afraid of, they, they don't want to be pigeonholed there's more opportunities and it overall will enhance your brand. You can charge more money. You can get better at your conversions. Like I know when we were doing our farm, we went to the appointment. It was like, okay, you guys are the experts here. Tell us what to do. Yeah. Because we positioned ourselves as the experts and the authority and we were there and it's, it's like the appointments were easy. The conversions were easy. We charged what we charged and people are like, okay, no problem. Sure. You're the experts. But if you're trying to be all things, all people, you'll never grow. And I mean, now, unless you, your growth is in that, you start with a real solid niche, build it out, build it out, build it out, and then just by sheer volume. But very few agents ever get to that point where they're crushing it all over just because. Yeah, but even, I mean, even still, I would say that your thing is then you're the guy that's everywhere. Right, yeah, exactly. And that yeah. that's a thing. But I think yeah. that it's foolish. Like we have a guy in our in our area, Rob Golf. you're actually local to me. Yep. So, I mean, if I just became an agent tomorrow and I'm known for real estate marketing and coaching. So if I became an agent tomorrow, I've got a whole new demographic of people that don't have a clue who I am. And I'm going to take on Rob Golfie as the guy that's everywhere because that way I'm going to attract everyone. It's like, no, that's a foolish game that in a million years, I'll never win by playing it like that. Yeah, Instead, exactly. again, so like you said, launch my farm. I'm going to stay within this area. And then once I've done that, my next step, is to, let's say I've delivered postcards, for example. My next step is to start creating YouTube videos that can then be repurposed into Instagram shorts and uh, Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. So now my one thing that started as just postcards turned into YouTube, which now also has Instagram. And now I've gotten a formula written out. Okay, so now I've done this in Westdale. Now let's go and do that in Ancaster. And yeah. start from the ground up instead of trying to just umbrella. It just doesn't work exactly. like that. I mean, it's exactly. it's crazy. The, the other key, key that I think, and again, in my experience is that so many people do that too soon before they've mastered it in that smaller area first, and then they try to expand out too big. And I've, I've interviewed agents that have Jenny Weimer is fantastic. And she's talked about her initial farm. She had 800 uh, homes in the, in the area. She ended up getting 83% market share in her area wow. and then expanded and got 50, I think it was like 53%. And then it was like 38%. And every time she expanded, it got a little bit less. Now her overall market share in her area is like 25%. And she said, it's hard to replicate what you did in that first farm because she put so much time and energy into it. However, she said, if I was to go back and do it all over again, I wouldn't have expanded as quickly and said, okay, what really got us to that 80% market share and try to replicate that as best we can. And if agents are willing to use their, their farm or their area as like a laboratory and to say, okay, I'm going to try this different stuff. I'm going to test this social media, I'm going to try this postcard, I'm going to try this video, I'm going to try this door knocking, figure that out and then get enough scale that it's like, okay, now we can expand out. But if you don't, if you do it too soon, you end up diluting yourself and you water yourself down. So you, you have to have some good systems in place. And that's what I want to talk to you about is what are some good steps that people can take in those kind of initial stages and regardless of they're doing geographic farming or not, what are some of those key things that you're seeing working that can help agents go from here to here quickly and or effectively yeah well i guess it kind of depends on the whole conversation only starts once you know what's currently working for that person like the reality is all strategies work like cold calling yeah, works and anybody sure. who says otherwise is hasn't tried it long enough or, exactly but it's not for me personally like i don't i i hate cold calling i, I do it to some extent but i hate it man i cringe so let's say like you like webinars for example 
And that's really what you love to do. And people like your content and they like to see you in front of like in front of them. So I think it kind of starts with understanding what they're currently doing that's working. The difficult thing is that the only way to really know what's working is to get understanding, like get intimate with an under get an intimate understanding of who you're trying to attract, like we said, the avatar. Once you know that, become exclusively focused on that and shut everyone out. Shut all of these hustle culture enthusiasts out that are telling you all the time you gotta, you're not doing enough, you gotta do more of this, more of that. Maybe you're not doing enough. I just don't think badgering everybody and saying that you're not doing enough all the time is like the way to solve that. Yep. Um, in fact, I think it's super counterproductive. I think if you want to do more, shut out the people that say you're not doing enough and then just do more, but do it like a human instead of yep. <laughs> exactly. like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, so let's say, for example, once you've identified that, let, let's say geoforming, right? Because that, that's, that's your thing, right? So you've identified that this is the area that I want to work. These are the kinds of people, these are the kinds of houses that I like working with. I'm starting to become a little bit more well-known. The first step is to exclusively focus on that. Say goodbye to business that doesn't fit into that strategy because it's like trying to like search for gold gold with a plastic spoon in 15 different areas, yeah. thinking you're going to get 15 times as much gold. Like you're going to get nothing. Yeah. So focus exclusively on this one area, double down on it. Once you've got that, say, okay, how can I build deeper connections with the people that I've already quote unquote touched, right? So I've knocked on these houses, I've sent them postcards, but there are other platforms. There's people that have never probably never looked at my postcards, never answered the door. So how do I get more of these people? Well, create content, for example, on YouTube. That's really great for these people in this area. And then once you've done that, like maybe again, a few more people have seen you, but not everybody. So then you take those long form pieces of content and you turn them into shorter reels, right? Using something that I like Opus Clip. It's a new AI tool. It's, it's great. outrageously cool. Just throw the link into there, get short form content and post it onto Instagram and TikTok. So even if people aren't answering, aren't getting, aren't looking at your postcards, even if people aren't answering the doors, right? Even if they're not doing any of those things, maybe they'll be on YouTube. And even if they're not on YouTube, maybe they'll be on Instagram. And you just get more and more and more of those people. Once you've done that, yeah, now we can start saying, okay, let's kind of expand this an extra, I don't know, one mile all around. Great. That's a lot of people, right? Yeah. So I, that's kind of how I would do it. But I think the name of the game is to shut everything out that doesn't fit into your strategy and focus on the strategy that strategy that's actually going to work for you. But it starts with identifying what that strategy is. Yeah. Now, fortunately or unfortunately at the beginning, it requires a lot of hustle to get to that point. Yes, 100%. But that's the hardest part of this. Yep. Once it's set up and it's there and you build yeah. it. And that, that's why I said my, my farm really isn't my farm. My farm is the funnel to build my farm. So once you build the connections and the relationships and you connect with the people through whatever platforms or channels you're doing, then the work just becomes keeping it topped up and building the relationships with people. But it does take work up front to do that. And I think you mentioned that, um, you know, you expanding and trying to reach people in different ways. And that's one of the things I teach, I call the scope method. It's self-promotion community, online, offline, prospecting, and education. And in order to really have true dominance in your farm or any part of your business, you have to make sure you're hitting all of those areas because if you're not, you're missing out. And so much old school farming, a lot of marketing was all self-promotion. It was just self-promotion. It was just, hey, I'm great. I'm awesome. I sell more homes or hey, just list another home. Or it's they teach you just prospecting, just cold call, cold call, cold call, door knock, door knock, door knock. And without the other strategies in place and working together, you are missing out. And then there's a lot of people like you may have one spouse who picks up the mail and they, they're ones who always pick up the mail and they read the postcards and they check out the stuff. If the other spouse doesn't see that never touches the mail, they'll never, they, they don't even know you exist. Right. Or someone may be on social media and someone may not be, or someone may be out in the community active involved. So you have to make sure you're reaching all people through all avenues. But like you said, it's, you got to be willing to commit to, 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 making that your thing because if you're not if you're trying to do all that and try to do this and try to do that and try to do that outside of your area then it becomes it's a losing game because you're not gonna you're gonna win so you have to stay focused like you said and i think when you get that and then build your brand around that it becomes so much easier yeah and i i i kind of like what you've done for example like i mean if if somebody wanted to become amazing at let's say tiktok ads right like whether or not you touch on TikTok ads in your program, like you're not the TikTok ads guy and you're not yeah. going to lose any sleep over that. Exactly. If somebody goes on a call with you and says, I need to work on TikTok ads. The second you go, great, I'm really good at TikTok ads. Nothing else has the same credence. Like it's all diluted. Yeah. But if I get on a call with you and I say, I need to dominate my farm, you're the guy to go to. And there's exactly. nothing to talk about. 
And I think that that's, it's the same again, like in any business, like you want the best bang for your buck, like Costco is the place you want the cheapest place. The doll, like that's almost definitely going to have it. Like the dollar stores where it's at, like everybody's got their thing. Yeah. So I want to ask them, cause you mentioned about kind of getting started and putting into your brand up front and having your thing. How do you know when that thing is working or not working or worth it to do it? Cause again, I've seen agents oh. try things and like, this is going to be my shtick. This is going to be who, what I'm out. And then it's like, okay, when, when is when do you try it long enough and say this is working or not working? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, the annoying answer is it, there is no definite answer that always works. Yeah. And the reason I started with that is because there will be a million people that have a definitive answer to that question. But I also think that there's a million, again, hustle culture influencers out there who are going to tell you advice that's exactly the opposite. Like yeah. some people might say, if it's not working and you feel like you're just waking up every day dreading it, don't do it. And that sounds like pretty sound advice. Yeah. But then you'll also have somebody else being like, if you feel like you want to shoot yourself in the face every time you get up for work, keep going. Because that's the <laughs> moment that you realize that most people are going to stop and you just need to push a little bit farther. Yeah. Those two things don't work at all with each other. Yeah. But they both sound really good when you yeah. say it without listening to the other side. And I think it's the same kind of thing here. It's like, how do you know? And for some people who, let's say, have a natural aversion to hard work, it might feel like they're, again, flogging a dead horse and it's just not working out and maybe it's time to change course. But on the other hand, maybe it's just you got to work really hard and you've really found it. You just got to keep on going. And you were five, I don't know, like five centimeters away from the goal that you were digging for. We all know that famous yeah. kind of example. That said, I am a big proponent in obeying the laws of gravity. I think there's a clip that Kevin Hart had. Um, I believe it was with Joe Rogan. And I think this is the closest thing to the correct answer that I've seen. And that is don't quit. Like you can change course, you can shift, but don't quit. I think as long as you keep on moving forward and keep on pushing forward, there will be a time where it just starts to connect. And that's not to say you're going to be rich overnight, but it's, you feel just like, like, this is it. Like we're good. We've done mm. it. And, and I mean, every business goes through this, I think at some point in time when they become successful once in a while, you'll get somebody who comes out and just succeeds out of the gate. I think for the most part, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a period of like searching, figuring out what is for you. So if you're working with investors and you don't have any investment properties yourself and nobody's really having any success with you following your program and this and that, like, maybe it's not for you. Yeah. Won't quit real estate, but work with first-time home buyers. And when you give them their key and you see their face light up and you just got the feeling like everything you've been doing, all of the grinding and hustle that you've been doing for the past however many years, it paid off just because of that one moment. Recognize that it's going to get hard again and you're going to doubt if it's the right way. Yep. But remember that feeling. And I think if you can almost pack that feeling up and put it into a bottle, that's probably the best way because if that feeling made it worth it, just keep chasing that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I, I for me, it's, my experience has been that if you have an idea, like say I'm going to use farming, because that's what I teach, the strategies and tactics can change, but the overall concept of farming is going to be solid. So it's like farming works regardless of what market, regardless of where you are, this, the things you do in your farm may have to change. Or if you're, as an example, like investors, working with investors will always work how you approach or how you attract them may have to change the strategies you do may have to change the the message you do may have to change or maybe you're going from buyer investors to seller investors and switching your demographics or or who you're going after but the overall idea and the yeah. goal should stay kind of the same it's how you achieve the goal is what would shift so i think if agents are willing to to do that like social media you can say strat my, the idea is i want to be good on social media how you do your social media may change the strategies you do may change and i think if you're willing to adapt and watch and and really understand your business too i think there's an opportunity to see new opportunities but also see what's not working and i i see a lot of agents going kind of with blinders on they're going to do something they don't really want to track things they don't want to know what's going on they're just like okay i'm going to go door knock or i'm just going yeah. to go do this and then aren't watching and i find if, if you're willing to do that and actually look at your business truly you'll know if it's right or if it's, if it's not right, if it's going to work for you, but you have to be watching for it. Yeah. I think that's also a really good insight there. Like if you're, you know, let's say 2% of, I don't know, door knocking leads are going to convert into this or that. And you're not tracking them and you say it's not working, but you've only knocked on 52 doors. Like, exactly. 
it's not where you haven't even hit the sam the minimum sample size number to know if it's working. So of course it's not working. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I want to I want to shift gears a bit and then dive into then enhancing the brand. So, so we got an idea. People got some social media. They got a thing. They've got some stuff working. How would you suggest or what what have you seen working for people going? Okay, I've kind of hit a, a plateau or I've got I've gotten business from things. From, things are working. I want to take the next level. What would you suggest? Yeah. Or, or what do you think is a good next steps for people? Well, luckily that's an easier question to answer. And that is just don't <laughs> stop listening to the people that you wake up every day to serve and don't stop solving problems for them. And, yeah. and that's, that's how sphere social media came about is that I was listening to problems that they had. I was also, whether or not I knew it closely observing the problems that I had and creating what I think are pretty ingenious way of solving my own problems. And I realized that my strategies would work for most realtors. And in fact, I started to coach my strategies to help them create their own social media content. Now execution for them was harder than it was for me, whether or not it's because I just have a better understanding of the technologies out there. Maybe I'm a better, better at just executing. I don't really know exactly what that was, but the idea was I knew that they had a problem. I never stopped trying to solve the problem for them. I happened to be, I had the same problem and I solved my own problem pretty quickly. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was almost like a natural next step. Like how does a kid learn how to walk? They just, I don't know. There's just something innate. They're never going to not want to walk. So they just walk. That's just how it is. Yeah. So keep listening, keep moving forward. And you have no idea the brilliant ideas that you're going to have if you just spend more time listening to your people. Yeah. And this is almost why I think is crazy is when people say like everything's already been invented. Like, no, it hasn't. It's not even close <laughs> because we go out all the time in our day-to-day -day lives. We take one quick cursory glance at something and we think, how can I make a product? Like, no, go out, get better get a better understanding of a certain type of person, again, going into the avatar, a certain type of person, a certain industry, a certain thing, whatever that may be, get a better understanding of that thing than most people have. Let's even say if, I don't know, however many hundreds of people in the world, for example, focus exclusively on real estate marketing, that's not a lot of people, let's say for me. So for me to create a product like Sphere Social Media that hasn't been invented yet, like it's not that crazy. How many people wake up every day just focusing on, on how can I help realtors market? And it, even of the ones that do focus on that, how many of them, let's say, focus on it for as long or as intensely as I might yeah. or as you might? So when you look at it kind of like this, like you're not really fighting against a big sample size, but I think it just requires patience to get that understanding. It requires listening. It requires trusting the process and just for the love of God, accepting that there is no shortcut, just yeah. embrace the process. Yeah. Exactly. Go after it. And when it feels like it's not working as quote unquote quick as it is it is it again should be, like take some introspection. Is it time to quit or is it time to keep going? But I think way more often than not, it's time to keep going or shift ever so slightly. Yeah, exactly. And I, and you mentioned too is the problem solving is the key to that. And that's in my view, is the best way to add value is solve problems. If you can solve people's problems, even if they're small, that will make a difference. And I I find that a lot of agents think that the way to solve problems, I got to be, do more stuff. I got to add more, yeah. more stuff. And it's like, sometimes solving problems is actually making it easier, making it simpler, yeah. making it quicker, making it less work, less, not creating more stuff. So if, if we can solve a problem easier or quicker or with less work or less steps, that's where people will go, okay, Hey, they solve my problem quicker. And when you have a farm, there's people in your area that have problems and you can solve them. And they don't always have to be real estate. And people think, my problem solving has to be, I have to, the problem I have to solve is I have to find them a house or I have to sell their house. It's like, that's the byproduct. It's how do you get them to be, to build trust with you? It's solve the problems along the way. What things are they coming into? What are common things that they're running up against? What are things that, like you said, they're keeping them up at night? What are the things that are troubling them? What are the things that they're interested in that you can bring value to? And if you're willing to do that, that's when they'll build trust with you and want to work with you. But you got to be willing to see it, like you said, and have those conversations. And I, I'm a firm believer that the, the core outcome of what we're looking for in this business is relationships. Byproduct is selling. Yeah. Us. If, if we're looking for relationships and we're building relationships, that when you have those relationships, when you have the conversations, you have that dialogue, that's when the opportunities come up. And when you're there and open, you'll see more opportunities than any other agent will. I honestly, I, I, I would, couldn't have said it better. And that's where the depth comes in. Like I'll give you an example of a product that I thought of and I haven't pursued it. So maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. If you're listening to this, go ahead and create this product. I'll be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. But so it's, I, I just had a kid about two months ago, right? So this is my third kid. So I've had many nights where I'm just with the stroller, rolling it back and forth with the bassinet, just trying to rock the kid to sleep. 
and it's it's like bricklaying. I mean, it's the most monotonous thing in the world, and it drives, especially for a guy like me, I'm always like thinking about things, and just to be there, it just drives me insane. And it's not like the baby's like feeling my presence or like feeling my warmth, my heartbeat. Anything could be just doing this. Anything could be rocking it back and forth. It just happens to be that's that's me. So I was like, wait a minute. What if there was just a clip that was motorized that you could just put on either wheel on a wheel on either side of the stroller and it would just go back and forth Mm. like that? Yeah, yeah. Because the baby sleeps when I do it. The second I stop, the baby's awake. Yeah. So how great would that be? If I didn't have a baby or if I didn't know people and spend time with people that had babies, like you can't think of that product unless you have the depth of understanding to see that that product has a need. So if I walk into a room, let's say with a bunch of parents and I say, hit me guys, what product do you need? Like, they're not going to know that's not their job. Like they just live their life. It's hard to think of an answer for there. But in the moment when I trust the process and I just go through my life, just listening and observing everything that goes on, something happens and there's a really simple fix. So yeah, everything's been invented, quote unquote, but I don't know how many people have the depth of understanding to really truly internalize the monotony of rolling a stroller back and forth at two o'clock in the morning when all you want to do is be asleep. (laughs) That requires pain and depth of an understanding and you cannot shortcut that. Yeah, you got to experience it or be around people who are experiencing it so you can empathize and understand. So that's, that's huge. So I'm going to kind of shift gears and wrap up a bit then uh, with everything happening, everything seems to be changing with AI and chat GPT and all this kind of stuff. Where do you see the future of marketing in the next few years in this business? Because I mean, no one can predict the future, but where do you see the shifts happening and then how do you see things going over the next couple of years for agents? Yeah, assuming it's used responsibly, I think it could be a really great tool for people. So looking at Opus AI that we were talking about, if you're willing to go through the time to create awesome long form content, I don't think there's anything even ethically gray about taking that and turning it into awesome short form content. You've done all the work, you know, the long form content. Yep. I think what AI, what AI brings to the table, which is really exciting is it's much more about your ability about, it's much more about having something to say than it is about knowing how to say it. Right. That's a good. Point. So I like that. You may have a really intimate understanding of your, of your avatar, of your demographic. You just don't know how to articulate that AI gives that opportunity. Whereas I think beforehand, somebody may have been extremely articulate and know how to say something in a really eloquent way to make themselves sound smart, but really they may be saying nothing. (laughs) I think what AI does is it allows the people who aren't academics or aren't super articulate in their own rights to really make a difference and really create some great content that's going to help a lot of people. I think where it becomes challenging is when it's, I mean, it's like anything, it just use it responsibly, like be the brand, be the voice behind the brand still. And you can't replicate that. And little things yeah. like, I don't know, the AI tool where it'll automatically track your eyeballs to make it look like your eyeballs are looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you're reading your own script, like there's nothing wrong with making something a little bit more digestible, but just as long as the information is your own. And I, and I don't even think about this from an ethical perspective, although I certainly think about it from that perspective as well. But there is something that is entirely human that at the end of the day cannot be replicated yeah. because I may provide chat GPT with all of the information. For example, in the case of the motorized clip for the stroller, I may be able to provide all of the information about what it's like to be a parent, but it would take a long time for chat GPT to think of something like that, unless you kind of already know the direction that you want to take it. If you have a really great understanding about the exact things that keep you up at night and exactly how it is. So for example, how do I remove the monotony of rolling my shoulder back and forth at two 30 in the morning when I need to be up the next morning at seven 30, it may say something like try putting something motorized so you can leverage it as a tool, yeah. but it all starts with your understanding. And that's where I think the opportunity is. And I think that now all of the things that were pulling people away and allowing them to say, I don't have time to think about my avatar because I got to write emails. I got to write ads. I got to, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So it allows people to create really deep, meaningful conversations. And as long as you use it responsibly, I think this could be a real game changer, but like it can't be used as a shortcut. It has yeah. to be used as a tool. 
And I think it circles back to exactly what you said at the very beginning is when you have an avatar, you understand what's important to them. You have focus on where you're spending your time. It will enhance that content even better for them versus if you are a generalist in real estate and then you're using AI and creating just more general content, it's not going to attract anyone else. It's just going to be more clouded stuff. But if you can get real specific with who you're after, what's important to them and creating content that really hits home to them, those agents are going to stand out. And again, this is why I'm so big believer on, on farming. And I think new farming is going to crush broad general real estate agents because they, they you have to be focused and that, that's what's going to really take the next level, I think. Yeah. And uh, another, th I think just about the farming, because you mentioned that like everyone is looking at ways, AI is going to help people write more emails, send more messages and make more videos and all of that stuff. But we're like, I don't know. Humans are like made to like touch things and feel things and experience yeah. some senses. So to get a postcard in the mail, like I think as AI and online and digital space becomes more and more saturated, there's going to be more opportunities. Yes, granted, but there's actually going to be more people moving away from, I anticipate moving away from the physical farming strategies that really work, really work and always have. And I believe always will. So I think that now more than ever, there's a need for top-notch professionals like yourself that can help people navigate that landscape and really be successful with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we always wrap up with a best piece of advice. So if, <clears throat> sorry, if you were to give our agents one piece of advice to really help their business and help their marketing and, and whether it's avatar really, whatever it is, what do you think would you share? them? Yeah. Um, okay. This is going to sound funny, but like 99% of people out there are liars. <laughs> and what I mean by that are everybody out there who's going to post their highlight reel on Instagram and social media. And they're not going to be honest about the fact that like they're struggling in any way, shape or form. It's absolutely debilitating to look on and see everyone else killing it except mm -hmm. for you. And mm -hmm. that's not the situation. So what happens is you think you're, you're the only one who's struggling and everybody else is absolutely crushing it. And man, why can't I get those transactions? That person isn't sharing when they're struggling. And in fact, when they stop sharing, cause they're struggling, you don't, see that they've stopped sharing. You just yeah. don't think about them anymore. And then yeah. seven months later, when they start doing well again, they start posting. You're like, he's still killing it. Like it doesn't work like that. So accept the fact that 99% of people out there are absolutely full of it. Focus on yourself and your own business. Don't try to shortcut it. Speak to authentic people that can give you real advice and real help. Um, and that can speak from experience ideally as well. Yeah. Um, I think because the, you're going to be your own worst enemy and the easiest way to go down some rabbit hole of thinking that you're not good enough is by looking at other people who are more than likely substantially less successful than they're making themselves out to be. So not only should you not be looking at people who are more successful than you in a, in an envious way, right? You should obviously be going to them and asking them for help, yeah. but to waste your time comparing yourself and judging yourself against people who are quote unquote killing it when all they do every day is wake up and say, how do I make myself look as grand as possible? Yeah. It's just a waste of time. So it like there's, I mean, there's really a few things, but I would say that if you, if you can't learn to be comfortable with your own success and with the process, it's all going to be, it's all a non-starter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's awesome. That's great advice. It's just, it's internalizing. That's the hard part for, for us and agents as a whole to just say, Hey, you know what? I do got to look at that and reframe because we are so outwardly focused, social media is so outwardly focused and not internally. And it leaves a lot of people feeling like they're in the, in the, in the shadow, it's like 90% of people are in the shadow. So they're all there. They all have struggles. So that's great. So we always wrap up with a best book. So what's one book you'd recommend that's had an impact on your life or you think would have an impact on our viewers' lives? Mm, well, I like Russell Brunson, all of Russell Brunson's book, like Expert Secrets, Dotcom Secrets, and Funnel Secrets. I think that those are probably the best from a marketing perspective. Um, I think for an entrepreneur or a real estate agent that's at any point in time going to think about stopping grit by angela duckworth yeah. is just an amazing book like really top-notch and shows scientifically as well as anecdotally how the ability to persist when everybody else would quit is the distinction between those that succeed and those that don't like it, it doesn't like it's not like it goes into it that is basically the calculation is can you just keep going yeah um i think those are probably what i would say although right now i'm reading essentialism and that is a stupendous book as well. So um, that's all basically about focusing on the things that matter to the exclusion of, of the things that don't. 
so I guess for each of those three categories, for marketing, I would say <laughs> yeah. Russell Brunson writes for mindset and, cons and consistency slash persistence, Angela Duckworth, and for knowing how to focus essentialism. That's awesome. Yeah, just grabbing them as you're talking. I have Russell Brunson's books here. They're on my reread a third time section. I'm about to read them again. So yeah, they're great, great books. So those are those are awesome. I haven't read the essentialism, but the other ones I have, they're, they're fantastic. So we will put that in the show notes for our viewers to check out. That's awesome. I always love getting new insights and, and, sh and shares. Uh, so how can our viewers check out what you're up to, connect with you and find out more about what you do? Yeah, sure. So I know we kind of briefly spoke about Sphere social media, Really what spurred all of this on is I obviously know, as I'm sure anybody listening to this knows, creating content is really where it's at. Um, now, social media, YouTube, these are just platforms to share that content. But the ability to share content consistently that's going to make the lives of the people who follow you better, that's really what's going to allow you to take your business and therefore your life to the next level. Now, the challenge that a lot of agents have is how do I know what I should be talking about? Which software should I be using? Do I need to edit the content? Like, I want to make it look good. I don't want to look silly up there. So I've got mm. to create good looking content, but I don't know who to use. I don't know. It's just not really knowing where to start. And so we created a platform where there's really only three steps to it. Step one is we ask niche specific questions so that you don't have to think about what to post, right? So let's say you work again with investors. I might ask, what are some tax advantages of investing in real estate versus other kinds of investments. Now, if you work with invest investors as a real estate agent, you can answer that question, no, no problem. And so really it's just about being prompt to get the right questions, like getting out those right prompts to get the right content out there. So inside of the platform, step one is we ask you niche specific questions. So first time home buyers, investors. Step two is you literally inside of the platform, just click record and record an answer to the question. And then step three is those videos are automatically submitted to our team of editors and we'll edit it and splice it up and add B-roll and make it look really, really awesome. Ready just to be posted on social media. We could post it also for you, but it's basically social media solved. That's, that's the idea. And again, awesome. that whole idea came about because I just listened to what was happening. And I noticed that a lot of agents were struggling and I looked at every question they had and I solved it all, but it, it wasn't like so ingenious. It was just about my ability to just shut up and listen. Yeah, that's that's a self-learning lesson, which then you take it to heart more because it wasn't just someone told it to you. you. You discovered it through your own experience, which makes it that much easier to implement too. Yeah, it's incredible how this stuff works. So if you are interested in looking into this, um, Ryan's going to post a link underneath this episode. I already gave him a custom link. Um, so you're going to get yourself um, some special pricing with there. So as long as you're using Ryan's link, you will get some special pricing. Awesome. Um, again, don't go to them. Don't go through the main website, go through Ryan's link and you're going to get that special, special pricing. Awesome. We'll put the link in the show notes as well. So Oliver, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate you bringing your insights and wisdom and experience and passion for marketing, which we, we love to see because I love to see people who love marketing and sharing that with agents because when agents catch the, the marketing bug and they, they learn to really implement it, I, I just love to see agents take off of that. So thank you for sharing what you do, how you do it and why you do it. And, and hopefully our agents will take even a nugget of what you've shared today and implement it and get the results. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <laughs>